Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. If you'd like more content like this, visit us on our website at www.surechurch.com. The following sermon was preached on March 21st, 2021, on the basis of Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 to 9. Grace and mercy and peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here are two things that have something in common and something to teach us. Number one, the freedom we experience here in the United States. And number two, the impressive talents of a piano player. Number one. Throughout the year, there are several holidays in our, in our calendar year that we set aside to celebrate our freedoms, to, to name a few, Memorial Day, Independence Day, Veterans Day. These days are awesome because we get off of work, right? That's nice. They're also awesome because they give us a chance to remember the great sacrifices that the men and women of our military have, have made to make our freedom possible. These are important days for us. Because if we don't take the time to remember that that freedom takes a price, takes a cost, then our appreciation of our freedom will be shallow at best. It is important and essential to know that freedom comes at a cost. Number two, I I doubt that you maybe turn on TV too often and and see a concert piano player playing, but I, I bet you could imagine what that might look like, what that might sound like. Pretty awesome, right, to to hear the the elegant music that comes through the speakers. But as impressive as it is to your ear, it's probably even more impressive when the camera zooms in on this piano player's hands that are are moving so effortlessly up and down the keys. She she makes it look so easy, and the music that she's making is so beautiful. Now, now anybody can appreciate something like that when when they hear it, when they see it. But perhaps your appreciation is a bit ill-informed and a little bit deficient if you don't understand the time, the effort, and the work it took to develop this great talent. This talent comes at a cost. Now there's a connection between these two things and Lent. We've been walking through Lent. This is now the fifth Sunday in Lent. We've been building up to Holy Week which is this next week, where we're going to see our Savior suffer pain, excruciating pain, and die on the cross. We're going to see our Savior in extreme anguish. We're going to see our Savior betrayed, denied, falsely accused, mocked, spit on, beaten, flogged, crucified. And you might ask, as we read through Calvary today, as we go into Holy Week and we talk about the last few hours of Jesus' life, you might ask yourself, why do we take time to detail the different kinds of suffering that Jesus endured for us? What's the purpose of doing that? Well, it's not that you would pity Jesus. Jesus doesn't want that. But the purpose is simple. 
We focus on what Christ endured for us because it's important for us to know that there is a cost for you to live. And so this morning we're looking at just three verses from the the book of of Hebrews. This section is put in a section, a larger section, that's talking about Jesus as our great high priest. So right before these three verses, the writer to the Hebrews is explaining that, that Jesus is our great high priest and this wasn't something that he took on himself, but this was a position and honor that was given to him by the Father. And so what he's trying to tell us is that Jesus has the authority as our great high priest. And then he says these three verses. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. This is God's word. Prayers, petitions, fervent cries, tears. Without too much effort, you're pulled into the scene of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. By that point, it is late, late, late on Thursday evening. Jesus has already concluded with his disciples the, the, the events of the upper room. He's washed the disciples' feet. He's pointed out his betrayer. He's instituted the Lord's Supper. He spent a great deal of time teaching the disciples. But now they've departed. They, they've left this upper room. They've gone outside the walls of Jerusalem, descended into the Kidron Valley, soon to ascend up the Mount of Olives where the Garden of Gethsemane was located. This was a typical meeting place for Jesus and his disciples. If you remember, Jesus had taken with him his disciples, but only his inner circle of disciples came with him into the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter, James, and John, the same ones who were on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. And as they're there, he has the disciples sit and watch, keep watch with him, and he goes off a distance by himself to pray. He prays three times to the Father. And the gist of his prayers is this. Father, if this cup of suffering that lays before me, everything that that lays ahead of me in the next few hours, if this cup of suffering might be taken from me, let it be so. If there's any other way to accomplish salvation, let it be that way, Father. So why do we get that prayer? Why Why is Jesus praying these words? Is he getting cold feet? Does he know what's about to to happen and he's starting to get scared about what's going to to happen? Well, of course, you know the answer is no to that, but but he includes this prayer. We, We get this prayer so we can see the depth of anguish that Jesus is going through here. He he is carrying a weight on his shoulders. He is carrying the, the guilt and shame of the entire world's sins. Now now imagine that. We we can not even carry the the guilt and shame of our own sins. The guilt and shame of our own sins crushes us. Imagine carrying the world's sins on your shoulders. And we get a picture of what that anguish was like for Jesus here. This is torment for him. As he cries out to his father in pain, so fervently, so with such intensity, that, that you can almost feel it. You can almost physically feel the anguish that he's going through here And it says that sweat drops from his brow like drops of blood. 
It's a nice, light topic for a beautiful baptism day, isn't it? (laughs) It, We've been blessed as a congregation in in such a great way to have two baptisms in a young congregation in less than than three months. That's kind of a a rare thing, and it's a a beautiful treat for our congregation to witness a, a big, special, momentous day. Everybody only gets baptized once in their life. So if you've had the opportunity to to witness a baptism and maybe you've witnessed a handful in your lifetime, it's a special, precious day. But does it always feel that way? Does it always feel big and momentous and special? or, Or does it kind of seem a little too easy and simple to be big and special? Sure, there's a little bit of pageantry around the day, right? Uh, family comes, the, the baby's dressed in, in some nice outfit, there's pictures, the service looks a little bit different, but, but in the end, it's just a little bit of water on the head of a baby, right? I, I suppose you could probably say the same thing about the, the Lord's Supper, right? It's not difficult. It's not difficult for you to stand up from your seat, stand in line, come up here, eat the wafer, drink the wine, here you're forgiven, and go back to your seat. That, that's not a difficult thing, right? It's, it's pretty easy. Sometimes forgiveness can seem pretty easy, too. And sometimes we can treat it like it's easy. We can treat forgiveness like, like it was an easy thing to do, like our sin is not such an atrocity, it's not such a bad thing. All I have to do is just say a little quick prayer to, to Jesus, and, and I'm good. Baptism can seem easy. The Lord's Supper can seem easy. Forgiveness can seem easy if you don't know the cost it took to win that for you. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, crying out in desperation to his Father. And the writer to the Hebrews adds this little tidbit here for us. He says, He offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears, and here it is, to the one who could save him from death. In desperation, Jesus cries out to the Father, and the Father was the only one who could save his son from death. Jesus is directing his prayer to the Father. So think about a father's heart here, or more in in general, a parent's heart. If your child is in pain, if your child is, is in suffering, is actually crying, you can tell this is pain for them, you want to help them, right? You want to, you want to fix whatever problem they have. It would be pure agony for you to sit there and let your, your child suffer in pain, to just watch as that, that happens. So, so picture your father, your heavenly father's heart here. Jesus is crying out in, in desperation. His, his prayer is directed to the father, Incidentally, who is the only one who could save him from death. He is the one who has every opportunity and every ability to save him from death. Add to that the part here where it says the father heard the prayers of Jesus. The father is attentively listening to Jesus' prayers here in the garden. He hears every word of it. He sees the anguish and the pain that Jesus is going through yet. He lets his son suffer that pain. Emotional, physical, spiritual, mental pain. He lets his son do that. Excruciating pain that that leads to to death on the cross. The father did this. Not because he hated his son. He loves his son with an everlasting love. But because of how deeply he loves you. 
and because he knows that there is a cost for you to live. And Jesus was obedient. It says he, he reverently submitted to the Father's will. He, he knew that he had to do these things in order to be the source of eternal salvation. You see the resolve that, that Jesus had in our gospel lesson for today. He, he said this, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. No matter how difficult it was going to be, Jesus was going to go to the cross because he loved you so much. This was the only way that he was going to become the, the source of eternal salvation. His love for you, his grace, was not going to divert him, was not going to allow him to divert from his path. He was going to pay the price. He was going to pay the cost for you to live. And by his perfect life and by his innocent death, he did. He paid the cost so that you could live. So, it might have seemed pretty simple. Just a little bit of water on Greta's head this morning. It might have seemed simple when, when you were baptized, when you remember your baptism. Just a little bit of water on your head. But, but Romans chapter 6 tells us that when you were baptized, when this water was poured on your head in connection with the Word, you are connected to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of of Christ. Had he not paid the cost, that would mean nothing. What he did. And so what that means for you now is, is it's a soul-washing sacrament. It's a spirit-giving sacrament. It's an eternity-changing sacrament. The Lord's Supper seems pretty easy. It's not, not hard to eat a wafer. Not hard to, to drink some wine. But in Scripture, we hear that when you, when you participate in this meal, you are participating in the body and the blood of Christ. That you are receiving on your lips the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. This meal gives to you forgiveness, faith-strengthening forgiveness, and unites you as a body of believers. Had Jesus not paid the cost, that sacrament would mean nothing. But because Jesus gave up his body and spilled his blood, that sacrament means everything for you. Forgiveness was anything but easy. Jesus was willing to pay the high cost it took for you to be forgiven so that you are. He has paid the cost for you to live. So we're walking into Holy Week. It starts next week. It's Palm Sunday already. And so as we walk into Holy Week, we're going to see just the last few hours of Jesus' life. We're going to see him suffer in excruciating ways, in gruesome ways. Ways, ways that if we saw it in front of us, we'd cringe, we'd close our eyes, we wouldn't want to look. But, but here's what we're going to do during the, this Holy Week. We're going to look at these things. We're, we're going to hear that, that Jesus suffered for us and the intense pain he suffered, but we're not going to pity him because that's not what Jesus wants us to do. We're going to equate the suffering and pain that he went to with Jesus' level of love for us. We're going to equate the pain and suffering that he goes through to his level of commitment to saving you. We're going to take all of these things and we're going to praise our God who was willing to go to the cross for you and who in baptism gives you life, who in the Lord's Supper gives you forgiveness and who finds ways to remind you you're forgiven every day. He finds ways to remind you that there was a cost of living, but because of him, it's been paid. Amen.